temperature test him. He's been hot. Can you believe it? Eddie's back. Oh, hail Eddie. What about this from ball inside? 50, Cottrell! From nowhere! Cottrell from 45, directly in front. The Blues are up by a kicky test. Have a look at him. Back there for Cripps. Spins out of traffic. Through one. Pass another. Jones his class. Gets it back from Betts. G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. This is your host Jed Zetz and I'm here as always with my co-host Harrison Hymans and today we bring you a very special edition of the show. This is our post-season list analysis and we're going to get straight into this one. We've got a very special guest waiting on the line. He was the talent ID officer at the Northern Blues for three years and also did some work with the Northern Knights. Jason Scandizzo is on the line. Jason Thank you so much for joining us for this special edition of the show. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me back. Mate, it's an absolute pleasure. We uh, we wanted you back to do it all again. And I mean, there's a lot to get through, especially when analysing a list at this point uh, in time. So we're definitely going to get stuck into that. But mate, just quickly, before we get into the whole list analysis, what's happening right now at the football club is stealing all the headlines in the AFL world. And it's crazy considering there's a final series going on. I just want to get your view very quickly on the coaching situation and who your ideal candidate would be to replace David Teague. Yeah, as the, we have seemed to be, um, yeah, definitely taking the headlines at the moment. Um, yeah, look, I guess my, my preference would be, I've always said that I, I would like Ross Lyon as a head coach. Um, I think he'd bring uh, discipline, structure, and a respect for the defensive side of the game, which I think at the stage of where our list is at, um, we could really benefit from. Mm. Um, obviously, Clarko's been discussed as well. Um, you know, whether we believe he's looking to have that year off is another story. Um, I still think the door is slightly open there for him. But what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Oh, I, I, the issue is, like, when I, I got asked it the other day by a mate, who do I think would coach Carlton if not for Ross Lyon? And it's so hard to know because Carlton are so consistently, you know, we consistently don't go, we don't take the approach, you know, that Collingwood's just taken and we've gone and interviewed, you know, four to six guys. So... We don't give ourselves candidates, so it's really hard to know. Um, and we spoke about it last week, Jed. You know, we'd like someone like mm. Blake Carousella or someone like that. So just very quickly on Blake Carousella. So we spoke about that in our emergency podcast. If you haven't listened to that True. one, <laughs> head back over and tune into the emergency podcast. We spoke about Blake Carousella. I did a little bit of research, a little bit of digging, and I think he said publicly before he does not want to coach, does not want to have his own side. He's very happy in the role that he's in. So... It would be yeah. nice, but um, yeah, Jason, do you know much about his work and the type well, of uh, tactical no, mouse he just, has? I just know that he comes very highly rated as an assistant coach. Um, I think the, the next step for him would, would definitely be a senior coach uh, role. 
Um, but if he's saying now he's not ready for it, then I think we just leave it at that. Um, I'd love to get him on board as an assistant, but I think he's just signed with Essendon last year, so mm. I doubt that will happen. Look, we went through a bit of a process with Brendan Bolton, um, you know, similar to what Collingwood have done. Um, I don't know it was, if it was to the extent to what Collingwood yeah. have done, um, but I just, seeing how David Teague and everything that's happened with him and, you know, the lack of support that, um, you know, has been reported that he received, I just don't know if a young coach coming in right now is going to be a, a good fit for us and and the right role for someone like that. So I think someone who's got the runs on the board, someone who can come in um, and take on the responsibility of coaching a, a team and a club like us and embrace the, the expectation is what we need. Mm. Well, let's get straight stuck into this list analysis, Jason. So... Currently, we have 14 out-of-contract players on our list, and that's where I'd like to start with this discussion. So we've got seven rookies, seven contract, uh, seven senior-listed players. We'll start with the senior-listed players um, because they're the ones... I mean, these spots are going to be hot. They're up for grabs. We've been rumoured to a lot of different players that could potentially come into the club this trade period uh, and off-season in general. So these senior-listed spots are going to be... They're hot property. Um, The first couple, so Brody Kemp, Jack Silvani, um, we've heard rumours that they have both signed uh, contracts to stay at the club. You'd imagine that those two are untouchable? Yeah, definitely. I think Jack especially. Like, um, I don't know what you guys think, but for me personally, this is just my opinion, he's probably one of our most important players um, just in terms of his versatility and the various roles he can play. Um, he makes us. He, make, he makes himself very valuable to us. So um, I would hope that a contract is done, if not very close to being completed. Yeah, oh, he, no, he is. He look. I think he showed this year how important he is. But I, I just think the issue is. I, I, for me, with Silvani, it's always been, I guess you know that week to week output with him, because um, there are games where he goes really quiet. But you know, I think you know his last five or six weeks I think from that Freo game at the MCG onwards he was brilliant so Silvani they'll definitely lock Silvani away and I think Kemp is in you know that'd be silly not to as well yeah well I think obviously we didn't we only saw a little bit of him towards the end of the season but we know that there's a player there and we know he came in very highly rated through his um, junior days and and through the uh, the NAB Cup the the NAB League competition as well um so, yeah, I, w- I would imagine that that would at least give him another two-year deal just to prove himself, and then uh, and then we'll go from there. Absolutely. So those two, uh, we can put a tick through. Uh, the next one I'd like to talk about is... Uh, and look, there's one name here I'm going to save for later because, you know, there'll be a lot of discussions around this guy, but Michael Gibbons. This is a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, for mine, you know, he's on the senior list. I just feel as if this is the type of you know, situation where if someone, you know, like who we are targeting wants to come to the club, uh, it might spell the end for Gibbons. Um, He's already been on our rookie list. Bolt, what are the rules there? Are you allowed to put someone back onto the rookie list? I think so. If you... It it changed again this year with Gibbons, but I think you can now get that fourth year on the rookie list. Well, so he's back... So he's gone from the rookie list to the senior list. Yeah. So is it... Uh, yeah, we'd uh, be it, able to put him back on. 
Jason, what are your thoughts there? Would it be worth putting him back on the rookie list or is it just worth cutting ties? I think if we're able to put him on the rookie list, I would explore that option first. Um, I've been scratching my head about Gibbons for a while now. I'm just, I'm not sure where he's going to fit in. Um, uh, you know, he, he came in as a obviously one of the best VFL midfielders, but he's just not playing that role for us. And, mm. you know, with Josh, with Josh Hay coming on board now and, you know, Durden and Owies, I just, I don't know where he fits. So if there's an option to move him to the rookie list, then I think that would be an option for us. Otherwise, we might need to see if there's any interest for him externally. And if so, um, maybe look at it exploring a trade. Yeah, uh, and I agree with you. I just think with Gibbons, he's one of those players. And there's another player that we'll speak about later who I think falls straight under the same bracket. But I just think with Gibbons, you know, although he's you know not the worst player in the team, you know, we just know we're not going to get more output than what we've had already from Gibbons. Like, we know that's his yeah. ceiling. We know we're not going to get any more. And let's be frank, it's not that good. Um, yeah. And he's now playing in a position where guys, you know, might not necessarily get as much of the footy as Gibbons, but they're, they're way more dangerous than electric in front of goal. And that's, you know, that's what we're, we're lacking, really. Exactly. Yeah. And I'd rather give that opportunity to a younger player who uh, we don't know what their ceiling is yet. Uh, so I think that's where I stand with him. I think if there's an option on the rookie list, then I think we're moving back. Otherwise, it's it's see if there's more interest in him at another club. Otherwise, we might need to cut ties now. Um, Bolt, you said there was another player that we were going to touch on. Yeah. Who is it? Well, so I think Luke Parks falls under the same category, stiff as that is. I've been going on about it all year. So, but, so, I've got this gut feeling. So he's on the rookie list. Let's revisit that. Let's okay. revisit that soon. Let's just yeah. get through the... It's it's a good point, though, you bring up. We're definitely yeah. going to visit yeah. that. Um, so, Kemp, Silvani, we reckon we'll sign on. Gibbons is 50-50, just depending on what comes in. Um, yeah. Here's an interesting one. Sam Ramsey. Been on the list for two years. Couldn't have done a whole heap more at VFL level when he's actually been able to play. Obviously, COVID has really killed the development of these young guys who entered the system two years ago. Um, Jason, so I'm going to ask you two questions. Firstly, are you giving him another contract? And depending on your answer, if you had to pick one of him and Gibbons to be moved onto the rookie list, who would you pick? Yeah, like you said, it has been hard with, with Ramsey because he just hasn't had a chance to, to really show himself in the last two years with COVID. Um if I had to choose one to put on the rookie list, um, at this stage, I'm probably going to go with Ramsey for the same reason as what I said before, is that we still don't know what his ceiling could be. And from the small you know, steps that we've seen of him, he, there is something there. Um, but I think it's going to come down to, ultimately it'll come down to who we bring in through the trade period and the draft period. So I think he'll be probably one of the last players that they'll make a call on. Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree. I think Gibbons and him, they probably fall into the same bracket. Yeah. See, I don't know. For me, if you had to put one on the rookie list, I'd probably put Gibbons on the rookie list. Only because I, I feel like... I, I just think when, you know, with list management, for something like the last spot on your rookie list, where you just want to get, I guess, anything that you can kind of get out of it, I... I Sam Ramsey's not going to be playing better footy than Gibbons next year. Well, he might be. But I think that I think that doubt 
you know that I don't know. I don't like. So you're saying for the last pick in the rookie list, you just go safe. Yeah, I don't see why not. Like it depends on if, like I said before, if we can orchestrate a trade for Gibbons, then you take what you can get for him, and then you move Ramsey to the rookie list and hope that you find the player. I know that that's definitely a thought. It'd be hard to trade Gibbons. I feel Uh, for mine, I I don't think he has much worth. No, no, he'd walk as a. He'd walk as a delisted free agent almost, Gibbons. But I don't know. The whole Sam Ramsey thing, I, I don't think he'll get another deal. As in, this is a very... It's a bit of a nuffy response, like answer for yeah. me. But I just feel like this is really nuffy. And I hate saying things like this, but like if you couldn't get a game in this Carlton team towards the back end of the year and over yeah. the last two years, then like, you know, it's very hard to then, you know, give out another contract. I feel yeah. like... I feel as if last year he was, he wasn't in the conversation as his first year. He also didn't play any VFL football, and then you look at this year. He's had a chance to play in the VFL level. He's named among the best in basically every game he plays, um, at least for the Carlton reserves. Um, and yeah, I just feel as if he's. If it's me, I'm giving him another contract. I'd move him onto the rookie list. I think it's worth persisting with. You've only given him two years. It's in a position where we do need depth in our midfield. Um, yeah, I don't know. But look, this is the type of thing where we just don't know because we haven't mm. seen anywhere near as much of him as the club have. So you'd back them in, I guess, to make the right call here. As in, you wouldn't bet an eyelid if he was delisted. I, don't know. You- I feel like I'd be a bit disappointed. Jason, what do you think? Yeah, I'd be disappointed for him because he just hasn't had an opportunity. Um, I agree with that. I'd be know, disappointed for him on a personal level. Yeah, but- yeah. But like it'd be hard to be up in arms about it if Sam Ramsey were like, and we speak. I know he got to play that one game, but it's the same theory yeah. as like Angus Schumacher a couple of years ago. It's like, yeah. oh, oh well, <laughs> you get know what I mean. Like, I think it's different though. Why? Because like we saw Schumacher play one game against the reigning premiers. He wasn't very good, and I guess, well, how many years did he have? Was two. It, was it two? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Schumacher wasn't doing what Ramsey did this year at VFL level. I, I think Ram, I think if they have a best and fairest, Ramsey will probably win it for the VFL it's, team. It's fair. Maybe behind Ben Crocker. It's yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, Crocker had a good season in the VFL. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a coin flip on those two. I think they'll be one of the last two that uh, they'll make a decision on. Well, to make matters even more difficult, Lockie O'Brien, chuck his name into the ring. Jason, where do you stand with this one? Do you think he's given another deal? or This is you- the most intriguing yeah. one. It is. It, this it is. is the best. This is going to be the best. I, I would hold. I would hold on Lockie O'Brien. Um, I, I, I'm still adamant there's a player there. Um, I think another two-year deal will be enough for us to see whether he can make it at the level. Um you know, he only had a four or five game stint this season, but from what we did see, there there is something there in my opinion, and um, I, I hope they persist with him. Look, I'm I'm of the same opinion. Um, so this is my view on O'Brien. I think I think definitely worth persisting. Um, you know, it's a type of situation where I'd rather give O'Brien the spot on the rookie list than Ramsey or Gibbons. Um, I'd rather do that. And like people, people might listen to this and think, oh, they're not, they're not going to actually put these guys on the rookie list, but it's something that they're doing now. It's something clubs do is they actually put players on the rookie list. Matt Kennedy got moved there last year. Eddie Betts got moved there. Like this happens. This happens. 
So absolutely, I think that at least one of Gibbons, Ramsey, or O'Brien will be put on the rookie list. I, I, I just think that'll happen. Um, and yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think we saw a little bit. We saw a glimpse. It's worth holding on to, and especially if a new coach comes in. You know, I yes. think that plays into his hands. You know, it's a bit of an advantage for him. So for me, yeah. I feel like the list is going to be poised to have this conundrum where we're not going to be able to... Well, I don't think we should be holding both of O'Brien and Petreski Seaton. I think yeah. there's only room on this list for one of them, unfortunately. Yep. And I'm hoping it's O'Brien that stays out of the two. Yep. And hopefully Petreski Seaton's traded for greater things. Um but I, I feel like I, I, O'Brien is in trouble. He has to be. I'd, I, yeah, I'd, well, I, I'd give him. I'd give him. I don't know if I'd give him. To, I'd give him a one-year deal. I still think. Yeah, Keep I'd him on him. his toes. Mm. But I, then again, he's the type of guy. He could probably get two years elsewhere if he wanted. Well, there was interest from Collingwood last year, reportedly. So, uh, you know, I, I just think if 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 we play him on a wing. And even if we give him 12 games just to prove himself, um, I think we'll see enough there um, to see that we've got a player. And to be fair, I'd, I'd rather see Lockie O'Brien play on a wing than someone like Jack Nunes. Yeah, definitely probably going forward. Well, that's what you'd want by the end yeah. of next year, that spot to be O'Brien mm. settled. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, his role. that's his role to keep uh, or lose. So it's really up to Lockie O'Brien now what he wants out of his AFL career. I agree. I agree. Uh, so Nick Newman is another one who is out of contract. Um, I'd, I'd imagine that's just a straight one or two year deal. Yeah, I agree. I think that'll that'll get done. Yeah, yep, absolutely. He'll be, he'll be right. Um, I think he falls into that. He falls into a tier below Silvani and Kemp. He's not, you know, he's not as untouchable as them. But he's, you know, it's a yeah. safe, it's a safe deal. And I think it just it just gives us that freedom to to play some players, uh, even like a Zach Williams putting back through the midfield. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, now, this is the one. This is the one who we need to talk about. He's out of contract. He's the seventh player out of contract who we've spoken about. Sam petrovsky Seden. Now, this is where I think things are going to get very, very interesting because he's probably the one guy on this list who we see as a possibility to leave that actually has some value. Um, yeah. Jason... Where do you see this falling, and what would you do with Sam Petrovsky seated? Um, I, I would, I'd definitely be seeing if there's interest for him. Um, I was reading on Twitter earlier today that apparently Fremantle don't have much interest in him, so I don't know if he will form part of the the Chera deal. Um, but there have been some other clubs that have shown some interest, so I would, I'd see what that interest is and what we could get for him. Um, but for me, I think he's I think he's on the trade table. Yeah, I just think it's better for player yeah. and club to be honest to move Petrescu Seaton on. I yeah, don't, I think- I, and I've been pretty hot on it this year. I don't think he's very good. I really don't, and I actually don't even know if he's got that much trade value. To be completely honest, I was I was yeah. I, I don't think he's going for anywhere near the top forty in terms of a draft pick. Yeah, well, he's played close to a hundred games now, and. And we're still no closer to knowing if if he's going to make it or not. Uh, we yeah. still don't know where he fits, what's his best role. Um, he obviously showed a bit playing through the midfield in his first couple of years, but you know he's been played in a different position uh, for the last two. So you know, 
I think it ultimately comes down to, you know, if it is Ross Lyon, because uh, he's he's going to have the last say on, on how he sees Petrescu Seaton and where he sees him playing. Um, but I'd be seeing what we could get for him first, definitely. Yeah, uh, he's just plateaued, as in... Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I definitely try... Look, obviously, I think ideally we'd, we'd all want him involved in that Adam Chera trade. It's an easy part... It's an easy state knives in conjunction with pick six. Um, yeah. For me, that's just easy. But, you know, trading Petreski Seddon on his own, you know, for picking the 40s, 50s, it's not ideal. But I just think he's one of those guys we've just got to move on. Right? Because, you yeah. know, the issue is, because if as long as Sam Petreski Seddon's at Carlton, we're going to be tempted to play him. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, because yeah. his form's been... Like, he couldn't get a game this year, really. He actually couldn't no. get a game. He, he's nowhere near the level. And he's just... You can easily go and find another Sam Petreski seat and he doesn't do anything. So, yeah. for, for me, so for me, like, it's a no-brainer. You've got to find him another club. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, those are the seven. So... Kemp, Silvani, Newman, we are anticipating will all stay. Petrovsky, Seedon, O'Brien, Gibbons, and Ramsey. There's going to be some tough calls. But then, so currently we've got two spots open on the senior list after Murphy and Casbolt both uh, left the club. I think we need to be opening up minimum five. You need to open up minimum five spots um, on the senior list. And here's where the conundrum comes in. Matt Kennedy's on the rookie list. Has he earned a recall back to the senior list? Jason, what do you reckon? I think he has. Um, absolutely. Um, I think his last, uh, you know, towards the back end of the season where he was actually given an opportunity to play through the midfield, um, he was able to show us what he can do. And, um, yeah, I think he supports that midfield really well. Um, and, yeah, I, I think he's definitely earned um, at least another one or two year deal on the on the senior list. So if Kennedy moves back onto the senior list, we've then got so let's say Kennedy replaces Murphy. Um, we've got one spot open from Casbolt. I mean, they're going to draft. You'd imagine Carlton will draft minimum two players in the senior draft, uh, in the yeah. national draft. Sorry, they get placed yeah. on the senior list. So if you're picking up two players in the draft, I. I I think we're going to go and pick up at least two to three in the trade period as well. You know, we, yeah. ne- we need to open up some spots here. Well, you've got Matt Cottrell and Oscar McDonald as well, yeah. who are two that I would I would probably say will be delisted. Um, so they're rookie-listed Mc- players. That's the only thing. But that's why we can, we can move some of those senior-listed players onto the rookie list to free up those spots. So, my, yeah. so, so here's the thing, though. Here's my thinking. Every year, clubs move on. What? I'd say at least three senior listed players are delisted every year from a club. At least three. Sometimes there are six. Sometimes there are more. You look at this list in front of us. Currently, O'Brien, Petrovsky, Seed, and Gibbons and Ramsey, they are the only four players on our senior list right now who are out of contract, who we're speaking about moving on. For me, that, that tells me they're all going to go. Does it make a difference if they put... Um, Cunningham and Marchbank on the long-term injury list. See that? Uh, it, it, that's an option. It's an option, but hang on, weren't didn't we already have players on the long-term injury list last year? Yeah. Well, well Marchbank would have been on there. Yeah. Was Charlie Kernow on there last year? Yeah, going into the season, he was. Yeah. So we actually may have to open up another spot. 
And and I, I guess this is really interesting because then, you know, you look at someone like Jack Nunes who, uh, from the list I've got here, it says he's got a, another year on his contract. Um, that one's, I think, I'm not actually 100% sure if we know if he does or not because a couple of websites are saying he doesn't, uh, that he's out of contract. But uh, Herald Sun are reporting he does have a contract for next year. Is Jack Nunes maybe someone who we might look tr- to, well, he'd be to move trouble. on? Yeah. Yeah, uh, potentially. Um, yeah, I just, he's another one who, like, he's reached his ceiling. You know, we know what we're going to get from him every week. Um, so I guess that begs the question are we better off giving that opportunity to a younger player um, who's developing and, you know, who might end up being a better player than Jack Nunes? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. For me, Nunes still sits number one in the pecking order of him, Petrovsky, Seder, and O'Brien in terms of actual output on the ground rather than, you know, what they can or can't be, which is why I'm more inclined to keep Nunes if the option's there for a year. But it wouldn't surprise me just because he is a bit, you know, I guess in that stale category of player, you know, to put it politely. But yeah. All right, let's speed through the rookies who are out of contract. So Jordan Boyd, this one's a really difficult one. You know, he comes into the club on a six-month contract, gets injured and is not able to have any impact whatsoever. Jason, are you giving him another year on the rookie list? That's a a really hard one. Um, Look, I I doubt it. I don't think he he will, unfortunately. Yeah, I I must agree there. Bolt, you're on the same page? Yeah, I don't really have an opinion, but I... (laughs) Yeah, if we need some spots, he's the just collateral damage. So yeah. the ones I'll quickly run through who I'd imagine will definitely stay are Honey, Kennedy, and Oes. Now, those three are out of contract on the rookie list. We've heard Honey and Oes have both earned contracts for next year. That hasn't officially been announced, but there were some rumors floating around. And then there's Matt Kennedy. So those three for mine are definite stays on the rookie list. So those three stays. And then the other ones are Oscar McDonald, Matt Cottrell, Jordan Boyd, and Luke Parks. So I think think we can safely say that Boyd, McDonald, and Cottrell are probably the bottom three there. Yep. Yep. And then it's Parks. So, Bolt, I'm going to let you talk here about Luke Parks. Oh, it's the same thing as Gibbons. I just think, you know, he he played a couple of, you know, half-decent games. But there was a... That that game in GWS oh, yeah. is, is is ingrained in yeah. my mind. It was it was scary. It was really frightening. He was you may as well have had me at fullback. Like he was yeah. ragdolled. He was he just was they went. Up. There was a clear directive to go right through the Luke Parks matchup, and I don't think he played another game for the rest of the year. And it almost just says to me, like, have we? You know, he's also one of those players. You know, he's a stock standard third defender, tough as nails. You can find plenty of them. And I don't think... It is stiff because I don't think... It it might be a bit unfair, but I just think, you know, we know we're not going to get any better than that, you know. He's honestly... He's a cheap version of Nick Digan. (laughs) Yeah. He he is. I I just think we parks. So, Jason, where do you stand on this point that we've probably... I mean, look, it's it's really hard to say that we may have seen his his best in his first year, but what what are your thoughts on that sort of stance? Uh, with Luke Parks. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, look, I still think he's very green. He, he, he still needs a, a lot more development. Um, so, you know, it depends on, again, it depends on who we're looking at bringing in. I know there's been reports of, um, you know, we're looking at, you know, Toby Watson from Fremantle. So, you know, 
is he a better option than Luke Parks? Luke Parks, possibly. Um, but look, I, he showed something. But uh, yeah, I think it's line ball with him. What, what they decide to do with him, I like his I like his approach. Um, I like his attack on the ball. Um, yeah, but. He's still very raw, very green. So I also like his attack. And I, if it was up to me, I, I probably wouldn't do this to him. I've just got a feeling that's how they're going to see him. Yeah. I've just got I, a feeling. I, I hope they, I'd hope they persist for at least another year. Yeah. No, it's fair. All right. So we, we've, I think it's evident we face a little bit of a, a little bit of a list conundrum here. Where, there's a log jam. Yeah, where we need to get rid of some yeah. players. So, Jason, yeah. I'm going to ask you if you could maybe mention one or two contracted players at the club who you could see possibly being traded away to open up some list spots and maybe to even open up some salary space yeah um the two that i was i was looking at which they may look at entertaining who are contracted are probably fisher and maybe mitch mcgovern um i think uh you know fisher i think he signed the end of last year i think he signed another two-year deal Mm. um from what i was reading so you know they might look to shop him around and see potentially what we could get. Um, and the same for Mitch McGovern. Um, you know, there might be a, there might be a club out there that are looking for a you know a third tall. Um, but again, it depends on what they decide to do with Mitch McGovern. You know, I, I've always thought I would like to see him play play off uh, in defence uh, as a third. You know, marking the set option. So um, it depends on what the new coach sees in him. Um, but if we're looking at potential trade bait options to free up some room and space, then yeah, I'd probably be looking at Fisher and Mitch McGovern. So I'm definitely on, I'm on the same page with Fisher. I think Fisher's very replaceable and I think clubs would get conned into him. And I say conned into him because, you know, he doesn't impact games, but I think clubs would be willing to give up, you know, a second round pick, you know, in the thirties or something like that for him. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a McGovern fan. As weird as that is, because I know oh, his footy. I am too. Because I know his footy hasn't really spoken much, and I do like because he played the last round of last year in the back line. It was actually pretty good. Um, but I'd keep Mc. Uh, no, no. I think McGovern will be safe. So I think the other one that might be in a bit of trouble is Will Setterfield. Yes, that was. Yeah, that's another option. Um, I, I just think with Dow, Dow and Kennedy, like you know, Setterfield started well ahead of him at the start of the year, and he's now yep. and he's finished well behind them. And if you're yeah. going to bring in Chera and George Hewitt, which looks pretty likely, like yeah. it makes life very tough for Will Setterfield. Well, George Hewitt and Will Setterfield, are, they're fighting for the same role. Yeah. So, um, very similar players. Um, so, you know, we, we saw them play Setterfield off a wing this year and that wasn't very successful. So, um, yeah, they might look to, to offload him and... Um, yeah, free up some free up some room. Yeah, I agree. Which, I, is, which is disappointing because I is. was I had big raps on him so, when he first came into us, and um, I was really excited to, to get him in. Um, um, I watched a bit of him through his junior days, and he was he was a great player, and um, you know, deservingly so went at pick five. Um, but yeah, he's just he's had a really disappointing year. Yeah, and I loved him in twenty twenty. I really did, but he just yeah. unfortunately. And we saw it in 2019 under Bolton, playing Setterfield on the wing. He looks like a fish out of water. He re- and it was yeah. it was a bit distressing how poor he was this year. And I just yeah. think you know, and George Hewitt's back end to the year was absolutely fabulous. Like he had oh, yeah. like brilliant. 
And then you've got Matt Kennedy playing that inside role too. There's just yeah. there's just too many players playing a similar role. Yeah. And we run the risk of being too one-dimensional. We do. And, you know, and you can chuck Cripps at the top of that group as well. So I, I think Setterfield yeah. will be in trouble. And like, I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted out. Because if Hewitt, if Hewitt happens, Hewitt will happen early. It'll be first, second, third day of the free agency period. So he'll have time to make that decision, Setterfield. Yeah. Mm. No, it's it's an interesting conversation. I, you know, these are names who like Setterfield. We were so excited when we brought him in. It was just two. I think it was three years ago. You know, like it was recent. Uh, he broke out onto the scene last year. We expected more this year. It didn't happen. So yeah, I mean, you know, wherever that goes, whichever way that goes, uh, it'll be very very interesting. And I guess Fisher is one that I've always you know had a little bit of a soft spot for. I just love the X factor that he brings, but. If it's going to allow us to bring in someone better, I can't really argue with it. I think Fisher, for me, um, if he does stay, he's on notice, and he's mm, got absolutely. until he's got he's gone until Cunningham returns to cement his spot in in the side. Yep, that's a good call. That's a really good it's call. A great call. <clears throat> um, let's move on. So we've spoken about some of the out of contract. Uh, sorry, the contracted players who might be shopped around. Um, let's talk about our trade targets. So. Actually, before we do that, let's analyze the list and uh, dissect some depth areas that are needed. Um, Jason, you look at our list as a whole. What positions do you scream out the page that we need to fill this offseason? So there's a a couple of roles. Um, For me, I still think that we need a really good small to medium lockdown defender. Um, I know we've got Fire Plowman playing that role, but... I just it just frustrates me every week. So I think that's one position that we should look at filling. Someone who can play a role every week, especially on those small forwards that always tend to kill us. Um, another role for me that I think we should be looking at is another young developing key position defender. Um, Liam Jones is going to be 31 by the start of next season. So he's not getting any younger. Um, so I think some some um, thought needs to go into that, and then obvi- and the obvious one then is obviously some midfield depth as well. Yeah, no, I I, I think I agree with all three. Of those bolt is it? Do you yeah, have I, you noticed I, any other areas? I, yeah, so I, I've got lockdown small defender as number one. To be honest, uh, it is because us not having a lockdown small defender means we're sacrificing Sard's game a lot. You know, we're sacrificing, you know, even Newman has to play yeah. unnecessarily deep. We need someone that can literally, like Neville Jetta-esque, just a Nick Smith, those types of guys just shut down, don't move. Yeah. Um, well, I think Plowman's, Plowman's playing that role because at the moment we don't have anyone else. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, but I think we can do better than that. And we can always play Plowman and another small defender as well. As in Plowman's still your third tall that can go small at all. Um, yeah. The other one for me... Uh, we still need a Ruckman. And with no disrespect to Tommy, I just think, you know, we lost Matty Cruiser at the end of last year and he wasn't replaced. Like, let's be yeah. frank, he wasn't replaced. And, you know, Pittenet... <laughs> like, Pittenet yeah. is it... Pittenet's an adequate backup Ruckman. But in no yeah. world, if you think you're going to be a good team, is Mark Pittenet your number one Ruckman. So let's... Just get that no. straight. Like Pitonet playing the first fourteen games was scary. Yeah, 
I did have a ruck listed here, but I just I had obviously Murkoff with a question mark next to it. Yeah. So it depends on what they decide to do with him, if if they progress with him and, and try and develop him, or whether they look to bring one, bring someone in who's who's ready to go. And I agree that the Murkoff one makes it difficult because he's going yeah. to be so raw anyway. But I just think yeah. with DeConning, until DeConning develops ruck craft, it, it's very rare we see a ruckman kind of develop around the ground skills before ruck craft. He's kind of like gone about it in the reverse and you'd just much rather him be an imposing presence at stoppages because we get belted at stoppages as in yeah. um, like Silvani neutralizes opposition ruckman better than Tom DeConning. As in, like, yeah. that, that game against Gold Coast at Marvel, like, Zach Smith was yeah. like, oh, like, come on. Like, Zach Smith yeah. was, like, toweling him up at stoppages. Tom, I love Tommy's endeavor around the ground. But I just think for the time being, we're going to struggle a lot, you know, without having yeah. a Ruckman that can literally just, just neutralize the opposition Ruckman. Well, Ross Lyon has openly said he loves an aggressive Ruckman. So, if he does come in, then that's something... Tom DeConning needs to learn to bring into his game. Yeah, I agree. I, it's interesting because like, I look at what the Bulldogs did this year. They brought in Steph Martin, probably yep. at the tw- well, definitely at the twilight of his career, probably get a couple of years out of him, maximum two to three. Um, that's someone that I'd look at bringing in is someone like that. It can then allow DeConning to do what... Uh, English has done and actually maybe go forward and support down in the forward line. And then that would then make it interesting for McGovern. Yeah, so you, you add a little bit of depth around the ground. I definitely think we should be looking at someone like that. And someone who I was thinking about this morning, I was just thinking in my head, you know, for the podcast, it's really interesting. And and I don't think we'll get him, but Ben McAvoy sort of fits the bill. Oh, no. He's Captain Hawthorne. No, I know, but I'm just saying that's the type of player. <laughs> no, yeah. That, that's, that's the type of guy who I'd be looking at, someone who's... So, we're going to have to lower our standards, though, to get someone imposing enough at stoppages. This is someone who's going to be coming into the year, to the team for the back end of his career, the last year or two, just to buy DeConning another year or two to develop. And it's very similar to what, you yeah. know, St. Kilda did with Ryder, what Sydney's gone and done with Tom Hickey this year, except Hickey's kind of taken over the mantle anyway, but it is that yeah. vibe. Um, you know what GWS did with Jacobs last year he wasn't great at it but it can work as we've seen it with you know Ryder it's worked perfectly when Steph Martin was playing earlier in the year it really allowed English to flourish up forward Um, I'm I'm trying to think around the league who could even be an option well Sam Naismith's one but he's very injury prone no he's done his ACL again hasn't he is Nathan Nathan Vardy available is he out of contract yeah potentially yeah. And, and that would be an interesting one. As that, that would be interesting yeah. with Vardy. It is. It is slim pickings though. With it is around the league. It's almost like a fluke. Like you, you know, yeah. it, you got to fluke this. Right, getting a ruckman in like that. Um, yeah. Oh, it, it's tough. It's tough. They almost maybe miss their boat with someone like, with someone like Tom Bell Chambers, or you know, even oh, what was the other bloke's name? Um. There was another one I was thinking of. Um, what about I can't remember. what about possibly poaching one? Like what about maybe Jordan Sweet from yeah, the Bulldogs? Yeah, it's a great, yeah. it's a great call. It's a great yeah, call. I was, looking, I was looking at that too, actually. Uh, that is definitely an option. That is an option. That's a great call. I like yep. it. I'd be on board with that. I think Nick Austin recruited him to the Bulldogs. No, I'd or be was that very afterwards? much. I'd be very much on board with that. He's a yep. aggressive ruckman. No, yep. he, he 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 fitted. I think he only played two or three games this year, but he fitted in nicely. 
So, and, um, yeah, sorry, go on, Jason. I was going to say, and if they if they do show maybe some interest in someone like Sam Petrescu seaton then, you know, that would be a, a good uh, segue into a trade um, for someone like a Jordan Sweet. Yeah, it's a good call. It's yeah. a good call, just shuffling around the, the chess yep. pieces. Um, so we've identified some areas needed. Now let's talk about who we could possibly bring in. So the way I'm going to do this, I've got a big list of players here who are on the outer at their clubs. Let's start off with the ones that we are directly linked to. So we have to start with Adam Chera. Now, Jason, what is going to get this deal done? He has requested a trade to leave Fremantle. He hasn't requested it to Carlton, but he's said his preferred destination is Carlton. What gets this done? I think pick six gets this done. Um, pick I think six Fremantle alone? Know, uh, yeah, I think Freeman will know that pick six is the best that they're going to be able to get for someone like Adam Chera. Um, and I think that needs to be our stance. The, the, key to this, the key to this deal is going to be whether Nick Austin is willing to walk away from this deal on at the end of the trade period without Adam Chera. Um, and if he's able to, if, if he's willing to do that, then I still think he gets to us. Maybe not through the trade period. It could be through the preseason draft, very similar to, say, a Jack Martin situation. But Fremantle won't want that. They'll want to get a deal done. And they'll know that pick six is the best they're going to be able to get for him. Um, and I think that needs to be our stance. And I think that should be enough to get it done. Yeah, I think pick six will get it done. Yeah. You know, even, you know, Frio's tone around Chera, because Peter Bell's yeah. usually a prick. You know, at this yeah. time of the year. And the the um, the statement, you know, when Chera left, it sounded pretty civil. I think they get it. Yeah. I think they Look, get it. Peter Bell is going to huff and puff and he's going to demand the world for him. But the reality is pick six is a fair deal for Adam Chera and that should get it done. Yeah, I think it will get it done. So just looking around the league. And- but let's be honest. And I've always said, if Sam petrevsky Seden is the difference between Chera coming and going, goodbye. Right, he yep. he gets chucked in. So you look around the league at the possible clubs who would throw their hat in the ring for Chera. Um, so, I mean, the reason we're saying it doesn't, you know, everyone's saying it doesn't look like there's any other options other than Carlton is because a lot of these Victorian clubs who want him just don't have any picks. So, you know, North Melbourne have pick one. They're not going to trade that for him. GWS, Gold Coast, Adelaide. Hawthorne have pick five. I mean, could Hawthorne possibly... Try and go for Chera. Yeah, not not with it, not with their history of topping up. I think they're going to start a new phase now, especially yep. Sam Mitchell at the helm. So I think they'll look to go through the draft and regenerate that way. Yeah. Um. So I think his easiest way, like I said, the best result for Frio is pick six from us. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, it moves to Richmond, and if Richmond are happy to give up two first round picks for him, then well, then it's game over. Then 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 it's game then it's game over, and and that's okay. And we move our attention to someone else. But I'm I'm confident pick six will get it done. I'd be very surprised if Chera wasn't wearing navy boy next year. Yeah. Yeah. The next one I want to talk about, George Hewitt. Now, he's we've got some comments this morning from Sam Edmund. Um, and this was really interesting. I'll actually uh, just read out these quotes from Sam Edmund this morning on SEN. He said, uh, he said, George Hewitt is almost certain to leave Sydney. The Swans have shown no inclination to start new talks with him. So that looks like he's likely to leave. Carlton have been the club he's rumoured to. Now, Jason, 
Are you happy with bringing in uh, someone like George Hewitt? Yeah, look, George Hewitt, he, he comes from a great system. Um, he's as honest as, as the day is long. We know what we're going to get from him. He's he's a two-way running midfielder, which which we need. Um, so I, I'd be more than happy to bring him in. Bring him in. I think I think it'll be I think it's a very you know handy pickup you know long term replacement yep. for Ed Kerno uh, I've, I can't fault it to be honest get him for free yep. free agent they're not going to match yep. it they've got to squeeze a bit out of their salary cap I'm yep. pretty confident yep. that'll get done as well yep and I think he'll take a lot of heat off Sam Walsh and, and Patrick Cripps as well from the contested point of view so I think he'll complement them really well I agree I was just thinking now with Ed Kerno maybe being shafted from the midfield. And like we've seen him, we obviously saw him a couple of weeks ago play that forward pocket role. Could Ed Kerno be someone that plays in the back pocket to shut as a shutdown small defender? Uh, I don't think so. Look, I think if we're going to take that next step next year, I think Ed Kerno, as much as we all love him and he's been a great servant of the club, I think Ed is going to he's going to fluctuate between that half forward role and potentially even the the medical sub. Yeah, yeah. Um, if he's in our best twenty-two by the end of next season, then we're doing something wrong. It's fair enough. Might be similar trajectory to Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so another player that sort of fits into Hewitt's bracket in terms of being at Sydney and in the salary cap squeeze is Dylan Stevens. Now he hasn't been linked to Carlton, but he's someone I definitely look at, and I feel like we could get him cheaply. Absolutely, I've heard yep. Collingwood. He was- You've heard Collingwood? Yeah. Well, I think we definitely need to yeah, need to put our hat in the ring for him. He was a pick five. He's only 20. Um, he was one of the best midfielders in his draft, um, and he's got a nice left foot on him. So um, if we're not looking at someone like Dylan Stevens, then I'd be very surprised. Yep. No, absolutely. I think that's just the type. I mean, look, Carlton, what picks do we have this year? So we have pick six. 25 um, and 61. I mean, pick twenty-five. Does that get it done for Dylan Stevens? So I, I, you know, you, you know, this gets me every year because I always feel like Carlton overpay for these unproven young high draft picks, where you see other teams get them so cheaply. And yeah. I don't know, like twenty-five is probably what they'd want, and it's probably what we give. But I, I don't know. There's just never a lot of. So you reckon twenty-five's overs? Yeah. Really? As in, like, if we're going to be giving up pick six as well for Chera, we. Eliminating ourselves from the draft, essentially. Yeah. Uh, I I just think pick twenty five. I, so- fu- I wonder maybe if a future pick gets it done. Yeah, it may be a future second pick. I'd be more inclined for. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting thing about Sydney is, is obviously if you go to, to the top of the tree and, and Luke Parker. So well, what I was going to say. That's the big one. That's going to be you know, very like, interesting. That's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, from what we hear, their salary cap is is bursting at the seams. So. I know he's a restricted free agent, um, so you know if if we, you know, I'm expecting Cherry to get through and, and come to us. But if that falls through, and from what it sounds like, we do still have a bit of money in our salary cap. I'm wondering if it's worth looking at someone like a Luke Parker. It's definitely worth the look at. He's still playing you know, he's really 20, good footy. He's 28. He's still got a you know at least a good three or four years, five years left in him. Comes from a great system. Um, you know, I, I yeah. honestly think he'd complement our midfield really well. No, he'd be he'd be a brilliant pickup, brilliant. Right. Um, yeah, and he'd what come almost, he'd come for free as a free well, agent. If, well, then maybe uh, they'd force the trade. He's, he's restricted. restricted. So if we if well, we it, were able to come up with a, a, a figure that 
suited him and and uh, didn't uh, allow Sydney to to challenge. However, to but however, if if there's a salary cap squeeze at Sydney, and they almost have to get offload someone of that caliber, they're going to get more out of him with the free agency compensation they would in a trade. Exactly. So, we, he could easily still walk. Oh, it'd be very... Park is going to be interesting. Because yeah. I read the report today and I think it was Sydney still want him to stay and he wants to still stay in Sydney. But it might be one of those, you know, ones where it just... Yeah. They can't agree on it. I don't know. Yeah. I'd be putting in the call to Parker and his management and just saying, you know, how are you feeling? How's the body feeling? Um, you know, what do you reckon? Yeah, no, I like it. Yep, I do as well. Uh, a couple of, well, there's a lot more that we're going to run through very quickly. Patrick Lipinski from the Bulldogs. Uh, thoughts, Jason, and what would he, what would it take to bring him in? Yeah, he's, he's a good age. Um, I think he's 23, so he suits the age profile of our list pretty well. He's a goal-scoring midfielder um, on the fringe there. So, you know, I reckon a second or third round pick could probably get it done. I'd, I'd be leaning more towards a third round pick. Yep, I agree with that. I think yeah. something later. And the Bulldogs yeah. have tabled in yeah. a three-year deal, which I think we spoke about yeah. on last week's show. is a little bit bizarre considering he's not in their 22 to offer him yeah. a three-year deal. I was really surprised by that. But uh, yeah, definitely. I think he's... I think he'll look elsewhere. Yeah, I think he's pretty much told them he's going to look elsewhere. Um, yeah. And the other one, I guess, the main one who we've been linked to who we haven't mentioned is Jake Riccardi from GWS. I see this one as... I think he's been offered actually a one-year yeah, deal to I th- stay. I think he's, yeah, I think he recently. Has, he hasn't signed it though, um, but that's someone who we could get very cheaply. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just just wondering where he's actually going to fit mm. um, in our forward line, you know, and that makes me question, are they thinking of doing something with McGovern, you know, if they're bringing in a Jake Riccardi because, you know, we've already got Charlie, Harry, Mitch down there um, as you know your three tall targets and you, you bring in Jake Riccardi and you've got four with you know Jack Silvani in and out of Mitch, out, out of the forward line as well it just seems very tall to me so um, yeah I was just a bit curious when I heard that it does you know it does seem tall to me but in saying that yeah. we did have a game this year where none of those players played you know eight, yeah that's true they're, they're all quite injury prone players so I guess that's true yeah. I guess they might just be trying to cover all bases. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't yeah. know if it's a necessary one if McGovern stays. No. I'd, ra- I, see, I'd, I'd rather bring in the extra Ruckman and play Tommy DeConning a bit more down there. Yeah. Uh, now yeah. let's look ahead at, at some players who are out of contract, who haven't necessarily been linked to us, but who we might want to look at. So we speak about some midfield depth. Now this is an interesting one, and he's just flying under the radar. There's not much talk about him. But he's a free agent, Matt Crouch. Now, is that someone who Carlton should be looking at? I don't know what he'd cost. Uh, I feel like he's fallen heavily out of favour at Adelaide. He's a free agent as well, isn't he? Yes, he's yeah. a free agent. So he's yeah. you know heavily out of favour. We may even be able to get him on not that big of a salary. Yeah, it'd be a very interesting yeah. one, Matt Crouch. I think I think that'll come down to the Cherry deal and what happens there. Yeah. So, so you're of the opinion, Jason, that if we get if we get Chera, guys like Crouch are out of the but equation. We'd almost rather Crouch than Hewitt. Well, uh, I would definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Crouch he's, is a, a being F when all Australian. Uh, but why yeah. can't we get Chera, Crouch, and Hewitt? Oh, I don't. 
picks won't stop us. It's just, I guess, salary cap would be the only yeah, reason why that can't just, happen. It'd be, the, it'd be the salary cap, definitely. Hmm. Uh, now, speaking of this rough... Because, sorry, underratedly, George Hewitt's also a restricted free agent, so he'd be on pretty decent coin at Sydney. So... Yeah. Yeah, he must be taking some sort of a pay cut to come to Carlson because he wouldn't be a restricted free agent at Carl. He wouldn't be in the top twenty five percent paid at Carlson, I'd assume. Yeah. So that's yeah. Uh, the George Hewitt salary is interesting, but yeah, I, they could easily do it because Crouch and Hewitt will cost nothing. Yeah. Uh, Jason, you spoke about Toby Watson before. He was delisted from Fremantle. Uh, I know our man Nick Negr- Nick Negropontis thinks we should definitely look at him. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, from, from what I've seen, um, I, I like him. Um, he's a good size. He's 190 centimetres, I think. So um, he has the potential to play that third tall defender role really well. Um, and he's been delisted, so, you know, obviously we get him really cheaply too. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely entertain someone like him. And one of his best mates is Zach Fisher as well, so that's going to be yeah. interesting. I think, well, look, it's not even like we have to convince him. You know, if we've got a contract offer for him, he doesn't yeah. have a club at the moment. He'd absolutely take it, I'd imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another delisted free agent we could possibly look at is Patrick Nash. Now, is he worth looking at? Uh, I just think, again, we've, we've got quite a few players in that similar role. Um, you know, and then you look at someone like Lucky Fogarty, like how, how does Patrick Nash fit in? Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on him yet. Um, I think he'll just be a wait and see. That's fair enough. So, I think we've... So, I actually didn't mind the early look at Patrick Nash at Richmond, but I just think Carlson now have to start, you know... St- steering away from that um, label around the league as being a safe haven for people that can't get a game in other clubs. As yeah. in, we shouldn't we shouldn't be seen around the league as just an easy place for, you know, delisted players to come. I, I feel we have to really make that stance because, you know, we've seen it time and time again, people that can't get a game elsewhere come to Carlton and ah, straight in you go. You know, we have to, you know, we can't be a haven for that. Yeah, no, I agree. Um... Now, speaking of Fremantle, because they're the, they're the club we're going to be dealing with, Darcy Tucker, he's out of contract as it stands. I think he was rumoured to Geelong. Is he someone we could potentially look at bringing in with Chera? Uh, yeah, potentially. Um, uh, again, it, it'll depend on what, what the deal is. Um, like I said, I, I'm pretty confident pick six to, gets it done, but... Um, if if it's going to get complicated with you know pick six plus some other players, then uh, yeah, we could definitely look at someone like that. I'm just looking at his profile here. So he's he's 24 and uh, 184 centimeters. He's listed as a defender. So yeah, potentially um, he's got the I think he's got the capacity to maybe play that that small lockdown defender role. Yeah, so he small was playing. Game. He yeah. was a midfielder for them last year. Came back from injury yeah. this year and played in that role. So he's an in- yeah. really interesting one. Yeah, so but yeah, I, definitely one we could look at and um and just yeah be one of those role players for us. Yeah, but I know he is one of uh he is in favour of Fremantle. He's one of uh the coach's I guess favourite players because he came straight into the side after such a long time out with injury and slotted in really seamlessly. So um yeah. I don't think they'd like to offload him. I don't love him. Yeah, I'd pass on Tucker. Fair enough. Um. Looking at Geelong, now, Narkel and Constable are two names who are going to be on the move. Young 
uh, midfield depth. Are they sort of in that same bracket as a Nash, or you see them as a little bit higher than that? Uh, I think a little bit higher than that, uh, especially Narkel. I think he's he's shown a bit more than what we've seen from Nash. Um, so yeah, it'll it'll just depend on if if we were to look at him, it, it'll just depend on what Geelong would want uh, for someone like Narkel. I don't think they're both going to cost a lot. For me, Constable's a flat no. Um, yeah. And then Narkel, Narkel, Narkel. As in, I just guess with Narkel, you've got Fisher, you've got Fogarty. You know, if Gibbons is still on the list, he probably gets into that category. Like there's a, I feel like Fisher is a bit of a Narkel. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. if we need two of those. Yeah. Um, now, here's a name who could burst this trade period open. He hasn't re-signed. I think he will re-sign, but Jacob Hopper. There's just a little bit... I just look at that situation, and I'm not sure why he hasn't re-signed yet. Is he not the type of player you feel that if they... You know, he announces that, you know, he wants to leave and he's not re-signing. Do you not feel as if, you know, we stop everything we're doing and turn our attention towards him? I think most clubs would be in that position, to be honest. So I so if he signs a two year deal that takes him to free agency which I think is what he's going to do. Yeah, that's yeah. what they've said he's going to do. So, but yeah, yeah. was there not a point in time a few years ago where it's like him and Matt Kennedy were both out of contract? And yeah, I think- so that after it was yeah that same year we got Kennedy. Yeah, we, we were supposedly going to get both of them, and he ended up re-signing. Yeah, yeah. it's just obviously the way it goes. <laughs> um, just a couple of other players just to throw. Yeah, I was just going to say there's one player from Geelong which I wouldn't mind your opinion on him. Uh, from what I can see, this may have changed. He's an unrestricted free agent. Right. Jed Buse. Oh. I don't mind that. Yeah. That's that small to medium lockdown defender. Oh, no, he, he, He's he, been playing that role for a very long time. Um, comes from a great system and he'd come pretty cheaply. No, he would be fabulous. He would be. And yeah. I've got one more for you guys as well. I think I know uh, this one. Shannon Hearn. No, oh, I didn't think... I thought we were sticking with Geelong. Nah, Hearn... No. Oh. So, he's obviously unrestricted free agent. Um, I'm just wondering if it's worth asking the question to see if he'd be interested in coming on a one-year deal. Um, and I think he would provide... One of the things that we noticed this year, especially when the going got tough, was the lack of on-field leadership. Like, it's, it's blatantly obvious. And I'm just wondering if someone like a Shannon Hearn could come in and play a role and um, and really provide, especially for our back line, provide that on-field leadership. Um, maybe on a one-year deal. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? It's tough because I feel like if we wanted to get Hearn in, we'd almost want him playing as the pure back pocket. And I'm just not sure. You know, he might lose that touch of pace. As It, it might make sense to bring him in, in, in on a two-year deal to play one year and assistant coach that second year? That's Yeah, that's what, more what I was thinking. But if you look at his, at his numbers for this year, no, he's no. ranked elite for intercept possessions and rebound 50s. So, you know, even at his age, his, his output is still very good. Oh, Zin, I think he had a fantastic season. I think he was yeah. amazing for West Coast this year. Um, yeah. Look, I like it. I actually like that one. I, I It's interesting because... I, players 
to come and play for one year and then retire. You know, like that doesn't ever sound very appealing. But yep. sometimes you just need that. You look at Brisbane, mm. Hodge and Birchall. I actually really rate it. So yeah. I, I would take her and I just think uh, he's uh, I think he's untouchable, to be honest, from a West Coast well, point of view. He hasn't re signed yet and he only signed the one year deal at the end of last year and from what I've read and from what I've seen, they, they haven't given him a new deal yet. So uh, I think it'd be worth a call just to see what do you think? Um, you still hungry? Um, you know, can you have an impact and yeah, see where the conversation goes? Speaking of West Coast, Jared Brander is also one that hasn't yet been offered a contract for next year. He could possibly fit that bill as a replacement for Liam Jones in the future. Yep. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Um, was he, I think he was a first round pick from memory yeah, he was. as well. So, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. What's, what, what do you think he's worth, someone like that? Mm. I think a second, third round it's pick. Half. Oh, I guess it's similar theory to Dylan Stevens, but he's played a little bit more. But is Brander that type of a key defender? Brander's a couple years older. No, Brander's not. I mean, he's not as tall. He's not. I don't know. It's a really interesting one. I think Brander is more of a third than a second tall. Yeah. How tall he's is 195, he? so he's pretty big. But 195, you can play that Liam Jones role. He always played as a big wingman in 2020. Yeah, he did play a bit higher up the ground yeah. from the few games that I watched of, of West Coast. Yeah. I mean, I'd be asking um, the question of him. He seems versatile. There's one player at St. Kilda who I was looking at which could potentially um, look to as that developing key position defender, and that's um, Oscar Claverino. Yeah. So- from what I can see, he's out of contract at dinner this year, um, and... He's uh, he's 22, 195. So um, yeah, he could potentially be one of those um, long, you know long term players that we, we look at bringing in and um, um, you know, letting hone his craft. And then you know once we, once Liam Jones um, you know reaches the end, then we look to bring him in and partner with Weedering. Potentially, and I think Claverino. So he's he's going to be a 50-50 call at St Kilda. Yeah, I watched him live. A couple times, and he—I—I I think I was at his debut this year against the Swans, and he was—he he did look a little bit. Oh, maybe that was his second game, whatever it was. He did look a little bit out of his depth, but he is fresh. So, do that? Do Carlton envisage Brody Kemp to be this next centre half back, or is this more of an interim thing? Or like the Brody Kemp oh. thing confuses me going forward. Yeah. Well, when they drafted him, he was he was listed as a utility. Yeah. So that tells me he can play multiple roles. So I think they just wanted to expose him at the level. Um, I just don't think they really know where he's going to fit long term yet in terms of a position. Um, he's obviously got the ability. Um, I still think they're trying to work out is he a midfielder. I don't think he's got the tank for it yet. Um, so they've probably allowed him to settle um, in the back line. Um, and just kind of see how he tracks for the next year or two. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, coming in, he was, a yeah, as you mentioned, listed as a utility. They spoke about him on draft night as if a play, as if he was a player that can play key back, key forward, and also in the middle. So they said he can, pay, he can basically play anywhere. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that'll be really interesting. I, th- I think he'll... I think he'll probably be a key defender 
to be honest. I just think they might see him as the replacement for Liam Jones. He looks pretty composed. He reminds me a little bit of Weedering. Um, Just, I'm not saying, you know, his output in his first two games, what Weederings were in his first two games, but just his body language, his characteristics, they just sort of remind me a bit about about what Weedering was early days. So, yeah, going to be very interesting to see, you know, where his career goes. Um, yeah. I guess the last one was Mitch Wallace. Um, and also, actually, I've got I've got three more. We'll speed through. Mitch Wallace, Jason, is there a possibility of bringing him in? Is is obviously out of favour at the Bulldogs? Uh, yeah, not the first person I'd be looking at, to be honest. Um you know, he probably realistically the role he play would be that what small to medium size forward, and I'd rather put games into Josh Honey and you know maybe you know Durden and Philp and mm. and those younger players. So I think they take priority over someone over uh, over someone like a, a Mitch Wallace. No, I agree. I agree. Bolt, you brought his name up a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I did. Just as maybe a bit of more experience head in the young small forward brigade without bets. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they'll do it, but I can see why you would be tempted. Um, yeah. The next two, very quickly to run through. Now, this is an interesting one. Trent Dumont, he's a res- uh, he's an unrestricted free agent, actually, I believe. Um, he's a wingman. Is he someone who we could possibly bring in to just slot in on a wing from north? And I think he said it. I think he's one who wants to explore his options. Yeah, uh, I guess it depends on on what the decision on Lockie O'Brien is. To be honest. Mm, that's fair. Bolt, would you look at Jumont? Yeah, I think there was talk of him going to Port Adelaide to replace like Rockcliffe and those, you know, even like Brad Ebert from last year, those types yeah. of experienced heads. But yeah, like, yeah, he'd probably he's, be at the back end of my midfield pecking order. But yeah. yeah. I think he's from South Australia. Yeah, so he is. Realistically, he's probably going to look to go home if he does go anywhere. That's fair enough. And the last one, I guess, is a possible uh, almost ruck replace. Ruck- Ruck recruit would be Mabby or Chol. Would you look at him to play Ruck? Oh, de- definitely. If if he was interested in coming, I would definitely entertain, um, you know, a, a, a trade if that's what it came to. Or, um, you know, uh, I think he's shown enough that, you know, there is something there. He's obviously still developing as a Ruckman. But like you said, he just gives us another option. And, um, you know, with how our... Tall stocks went this year, injury-wise. <laughs> we can never have too many on the list, I suppose. Bolt, what are your thoughts? Not for me. Not for me. Well, do you see him, do you see him ahead of someone like... Um, um, obviously, not Tom DeConning, but... Maybe um, Pittenet. Yeah, Pittenet. So, I think... I know, it's so tough, because he's all... I think Troll's like a worse version of DeConning, where he's not very imposing, but... And he's a bit more hopeless around the ground. Oh, is he ahead of Pinnanet? I don't think so. Oh. Chol's a weird one. Oh, yeah. I think I think a team wanting to bring in Chol, though, wouldn't even want him to bring him in as a Ruckman. Oh, I don't know. He's a, he's a confusing one, Chol. I don't even think yeah, he would know I, where his best position is, but I, I, I'd I, personally stay away. I don't think he would be one of the first players that we'd be looking at bringing in. Yeah. Um, um, I think if he flagged an interest in coming to us, we'd probably have the conversation, but I don't think we would be approaching him. That's fair enough. No, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. So, look, it's going to be a very, very interesting, uh, I guess, trade period. Now, Jason, just before we end the show, 
speaking about our youngsters, so the players in our list who we haven't seen a whole lot of, um, let's start the conversation with Sam Philp. What are your thoughts on Philp? And I guess, what what do we need to expect to see from him next year? Look, I just would like to see him fit and injury-free next year um, and just let him have a crack at it and, um, yeah, let him put his best foot forward. Um, I think that's all we can expect from him at this stage. Um, if we can get 10 games into him next year, then I think that's a win. 10 games at AFL level? Yeah, 5-10 yeah, games. I think that's, that's enough for us to be able to see if he's going to be a long-term prospect. Um and uh, and then make a decision on him, but uh, yeah, I think he plays again. He comes in and probably plays that small, medium-sized forward role, um, probably that pressure forward. So I think that's where we've seen. Did he not? Was he not drafted as a midfielder? Uh, he was. Um, just looking at his profile now, he was drafted as a midfielder. He's just so um, slight. That's... Yeah, he's just he's just on the smaller side at the moment. So you know whether he has a, a big preseason, in, you know, in the gym, but maybe even on a wing, maybe they could push him up to a wing um, and use his pace. So yeah, but I, I think five to ten games next year, if if, if, he, if we can get that out of him, um, that'll be a good sample size to see where he fits and and uh, where we see him long term. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is Durden because we got a glimpse of him at the end of the year. He looked exciting. Uh, and yep. Jacob Wiedering, actually, I think he said the other day, he sees him as one of his, as one of our most exciting young players on the list. Um, what are your thoughts on Durden? Yeah, I think he's electric. I think he brings a lot of energy. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play a bit more next year. Bolt? Yeah, no, I think we've got a really good look in, you know, that he's going to be dangerous when the footy's in his vicinity. So yep. uh, he's the type of player we just need games into him and he should yeah. should go from there. I think he'll be that player who just takes his opportunities as well and that's, I think, all we can expect from him at this stage. Absolutely. Uh, just a couple more to run through. So we saw, we've spoken a bit about Brody Kemp. Uh, Josh Honey, now he's, he's one of my favourite players, Jason, already. <laughs> um, yeah. How much? How much are we expecting to see him next year? Is he in our round one lineup? Yeah, look, he's, he's quickly becoming one of mine too, and um, um, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go out now and say I think he's in our round one team, definitely. Mm, I do agree, Bolt. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll be there round I think, one. I think, I think, unless injured, I think Honey plays every week. I think they just need to keep putting games into him, and um, he's only going to get better every week he plays. No, I agree. He'll be there. He'll be there. I liked him. Yep, I agree. I can't wipe the smile off my <laughs> face. I I'm a massive fan of Josh Honey. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. It's very like weird. But you know what? It's <laughs> it's it's good. It's persistence. I, I'm just I'm that you, confident you know, with him. And, and you can claim him if you I'm, know. I'm that confident with him. No, I think we've found one there, Jed. So right. I think you'd be fine. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, just one more, Matt Owies. Now, this is a really interesting one. He's not one of our younger players, but he's a player who is going to be one to watch next year. Do you think he starts round one for us? And what what do we need to be expecting to see from him next year? Uh, sorry, who was that? Matt Owies. Oh, Matt Owies. Uh, look, again, Matt Owies, um, from what we saw this year, um, he took his opportunities and that's all we could expect from him. Um, and I think we just need to keep seeing that from him next year. Um, keep applying that forward pressure and just working on his craft. Um, I 
if he's going to be in the round one team, I think he'll come close. He'll, he'll come close. Yeah, I guess it depends on yeah. what we bring in. So, so just in terms of our small forward brigade, we aren't going to be targeting small forwards this off-season, you don't reckon? Uh, unless one really stands out and there's one that's going to come in and make an immediate impact, then I don't think so. I think, you know, when you look at Owies, Durden, um, you know, we spoke about, you know, Gibbons earlier. If Gibbons does stay, he's probably going to play that role too. So, um, yeah, I think we've got some options there. Um, so I think they'll probably look to stick with those. Absolutely. No, that's fair enough, Jason. Really appreciate you yes. taking the time out to come on the show. It's been a great chat. It's going to be very, very interesting. Very big off-season. To see yeah, how, and we might touch base with you after the off-season to analyse the list on the other side of this, if that's all right. Yeah, absolutely, boys. Sounds good. Mate, really appreciate you coming on and look forward to uh, catching up soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, boys. Go Cheers, boys. mate. Jason, thank you, mate. That was fantastic. No, no worries, boys. Thanks for having me again. Appreciate it. No, really appreciate it. And look, we'll do this again, I reckon, after the... We'll do it after the rookie draft. I think that's the last... Yeah, definitely. The last chance to bring in players. Yeah, for sure. Chat chat more. Yeah, absolutely. No, I really appreciate it, mate. And um, yeah, we will speak soon. Absolutely. All right, boys. See you later. Cheers, mate. Bye. Cheers. Bye. All right, let's quickly do an outro. Let's quickly pump it, because I've got to do a uni zoom. Yeah, yeah, an outro. Jason Scandizzo there, Bolt. A fantastic chat. It's gonna yeah, be. Good. It's gonna be very, very, very interesting to see how this whole off season pans out. Um, I, for one, am always excited by the trade period. It presents an opportunity some, to bring in some players. <laughs> yep. And I get conned. I oh, get. You do. I, I get absolutely conned. Anyone, we, all, we all do, though. Anyone we bring in, I get excited about. So <laughs> it's a nice time of the year, Bolt. I think I've lost my voice. Thank you. Hold on. See, this always happens as we're about to go. Nah, don't give me bad news. I can't take any more bad news. No, no, it's not bad news. It's actually good news. I actually embrace this. This makes it interesting. So, this is our parting gift from the podcast. The Carlson Football Club has confirmed the members of the coaching subcommittee that will lead the appointment of its senior coach. So, we didn't think they'd go down this track. Oh, this is huge. So, I wish we had Jason on for this. The committee... Football director Greg Williams, fellow directors Tim Lincoln and Paddy Kinnersley, three-time premiership coach David Parkin, CEO Kane Little and head of footy Brad Lloyd. So, it's very much an in-Carlson panel doing it. It'll be interesting. I didn't think they were going to go down this route. I thought it was just going to be poach and we're done. It'll be interesting. Wow. But let's leave our, our listeners on one question. If it's not Ross and if it's not Clarko, who is it? Yeah. Seriously, though. No, I've got no idea. I don't. This because no one's been linked. No one's had to apply, so I'm not sure. Now, I'm not a betting man. I'm not a betting man. But if I was, and you look at... what's going to quickly search up the odds for the next Carlton coach. <laughs> can I read some <laughs> out some of the names on this list? Oh, there's some groovy ones. Can Have you got it on yours? I right saw, I? Yeah, I saw like Andy Miles at $41. Andy Miles. I'd love Andy to be the coach. Um... <laughs> Um, gee, I'm trying to find. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't, know, I don't know how it. to find this. I'll get it. Um, Bear with us, blue baggers. We're finding the odds right, for the next here. Carlson coach. I've got it here. So lines a dollar twenty. 
Voss, nine bucks. Clarkson and Bar- Buckley, 10. Adam Kingsley, 11. Blake Carousella and Jamie Graham, 13. Who's Jamie Graham? So he's West Coast assistant. He was actually um, second in the race for the Collingwood job. Okay. So he was close there. Choco Williams, 15 bucks. Adam Muse, 17. Okay. Very, very interesting. So it's guys that have been applying, you know, beforehand. Can we just uh, dive deeper down that list and look at a whopping $41 who I actually like is Mark Murphy. Oh, I like Sam Pang. <laughs> Lance Whitnall at 41. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson yeah. at 40. <laughs> just in case we get the wrong Clarkson. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson, Jared Waite at 41. Favola, Judd, Kudafides. These are some groovy odds. Andy Lee, <laughs> Andrew Walker. Um, nah, very interesting. How about this? Dale Amos at 34 bucks. How interesting would that be? Gets <laughs> removed and then brought back in to get yeah. promoted. Um, and Brad Scott at $21. If you're a betting man or woman, you might. I think might he's going to get the that. AFL job. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I still think it'll be Ross. I they think said they just... want to bring in someone experienced. Yeah, they did. I, I, I just think they're doing this to kind of look like we're doing our due diligence. I, and, I, as, and as the president said, we're going to leave no stone unturned. Absolutely. Getting through the formalities, as they say. Bolt, thank you. A ripping edition of the show. Thank you. And we'll be back to uh, do another. We'll do another emergency pod when they do announce yes. the coach. Yes. But uh, Blue Baggers, really appreciate you tuning in and uh, we look forward to recording again soon. Thank you. Cheers. Oh, and just very quickly, if you didn't listen to our emergency edition of the show after Teague got sacked last week, go back and listen to that and you can head back and listen to all of the episodes this year. Thank you very much for tuning into another edition of the Blues Footy Podcast. against the famous old dark blue.